0: G'day, and welcome to the Aussie Past Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, welcome to our program today, Big Big, warm welcome to you, Hunty. Hey mate. It's good to be here. Now, this coming Friday, it's four weeks since COVID rolled around into our life.
2: That long? Lives, lives. Yeah, four weeks. Goodness. Away.
1: I've been counting. How
2: are yeah. you doing? Mate, I'm, I'm about as fast as a sloth, and there's about as alert as someone on Mogadon.
0: We'll yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, look, you know what? <clears throat>
1: I'm not doing too well either.
2: <laughs> Actually,
1: yesterday was the worst day. In the
2: Here we are almost four weeks out and I had the worst day yesterday. They say it can be five or six weeks before you pull out of it. Ooh, man. Man, indeed. I've, I've learned a few lessons in this. What's that? Uh, number one is, you know, I, I might have
1: touched on this last week. Time, time, time to get fed. cannot go on like this getting older and older and the older you get the fitter you need to be I remember when I was talking to Dr Ross Grant we had him on the program a while back yep we should get him again actually we should he was telling me that the older you get the fitter you need to be to be able to face the challenges the health challenges you have as you're getting older and I am 59 this year wow you are 58 this year this year oh dear No, wow, mate! You're right behind me. (laughs) If we were on the go kart racing track, you'd be right on my hammer. I think I'd be in front. Well, you can't be because I'm turning fifty nine and you're fifty eight. In this age, age does not not give you any extra speed, (laughs) mate. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to the program, to our listeners. Yes, listeners, welcome. We are very glad you're here. Now, before I say anything more, let's get this out of the way because we forgot last week. Yes, is the Aussie pastor. What is it? Ask the Aussie, Ask the Aussie Pastor is Ask the Aussie Pasta. Ask the Aussie Pasta on this week.
2: Absolutely, it's on every week and we still have space for more questions and we would love to hear from you. We do. We actually do have you send the question yep. in today. We'll have a go and answering. it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Hunty, uh what are the details of the Okay. Were- if you'd like to uh SMS your question to us, you can on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one or you can email them to us in the email address is info at Ozzypasta dot com. It's Tuesday, June twenty one, two thousand and twenty two, three right. thirty five, and we're live. And there's some big
1: things happened on this day in history. Yes, actually, not that many big things. Actually, oh. actually, actually, it was a it was a slow day. Yeah. Some days, yeah, you, you. I'm looking. I'm doing a little bit of research because this is a new kind of little thing we're bringing into the show, and I'm doing a little bit of research, you know. And yep, there's a huge amount of big blockbuster events have happened on a particular day. Not today. It was pretty quiet, but there's a few things. Okay. In 1945, on June 21, 1945, the United States took Okinawa from the Japanese. Do you know why that is so crucial in the events of World War II, Hunty? I don't. I do. What's that? Okinawa was the first territory that belonged to Japan, that belonged to Imperial Japan that the United States took. Oh. Wow. So they actually took Japanese territory on this day 1945. And it is a big deal. Hmm. Uh, 1963, the year I was born, Pope Paul VI was chosen as the head of the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. So I guess when I was born, he was the Pope. Yep. Here's one, 1982. Two events in 1982, and then we'll round this little section off. Yep. Prince William was born. Was born, yeah. Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Wow. Hmm. Did you know it was his birthday today?
2: I did not. Happy birthday, Prince William, who will Mm -hmm. one day be the king. Will he be the king of Australia? Uh, Not sure. Depends if is still our Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he
1: doesn't want it, he? Does doesn't he. want it,
2: no. Uh, but I don't think it's his call either no.
1: for, for that to happen. There'll be what referendum, be a, probably? Big, big referendum. Yeah. Uh, yep. If Prince William, if we were to skip Charles... I think it, that's a, a good idea. Well, look, I have no view on it, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> but if we were to skip Charles, I, I think uh, William's a very popular figure. It'd be hard-pressed getting that referendum through in Australia. But he was born in 1982, so how old does that make him? 92, 2002,
2: 30. Right. Is that
1: right? Uh, 82, 92. 40. 40.
2: Hey, man, he's so old, isn't he? <laughs> there you go. 40. Yeah. The Prince William is 40. Queenie was on the throne when she was in her early 20s. The Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Mm. We must call her by her name.
1: We Queenie. must show great... No. No. Great we'll respect. We show great respect to the Queen. Oh. Yes. And on the same day Prince William was born, and I wondered how this worked in the news. This is our last What Happened in June 21. Yep. Reagan, Ronald Reagan, was shot by William Hinckley. Remember oh, that? Oh, wow, yes. He was actually lucky to escape his life. Wow. So not a big, big day in history,
2: but still some fairly major things did happen. It's a big day in our program. It is. We've got a couple of awesome guests. I like the way you led into that, actually.
1: You you might be feeling a bit... Have you got brain fog from
2: COVID? So much brain fog. I'll
1: tell you, you're on fire there, the way you led in there. What is happening today? Okay,
2: we've got um, one of our favourite contributors, which is Harold Harker, and he has an amazing story for us this afternoon. The story today is actually a different one. It's a different
1: sort of story about the Reformation. It's very interesting. Okay. I never heard of this guy. Actually, if you know, Harold Harker's brought a few guys through I've never heard of, and I'm actually into history and into the Reformation. This is one of them. But he was a – you're about to find out. He's a significant player. Who else,
2: mate? And one of your mates. Now, I think you were a groomsman at his wedding. Yeah, I was. His name's Paul Goltz. We grew up together. Yep. We went to college together.
1: Yep. We started ministry together. Uh, and really from the day we started ministry, from the day we
2: graduated, I'm <laughs>
1: Haven't seen him since. No,
2: I, I he, to... he went one way and I went the other. <laughs> I talked to him uh, earlier today just to make sure the connection was good. And his wife has got a PhD in health science, I think, yeah, yeah. and she's a nurse. She's always been pretty bright. Yes, we might have to get he, her on.
1: He was, help us get fit. He was batting. He was batting well above average. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll ask you about that. Actually, <laughs> that's something the three of us have in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But above all else, you know what? I hope today, and I pray, and, and let's pray, hunty Yes, actually, you know what? For a change, would you like to pray to open the program? Be today? my pleasure.
2: Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we start our, our drive time program this afternoon, Lord, I'd like to pray for our listeners. Please, Lord, bless them with peace and safety and surround them with your loving arms. And, Lord, I pray for Pastor Lloyd, too, as he opens the Bible to share with our listeners this afternoon. So please bless us all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Hunty. Beautiful chair,
1: beautiful prayer. And You know what? I hope above all else today as you join us on this program that you will see how beautiful Jesus really is.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I like to get pretty international with
1: our music, hunty. Yep. Uh, as I keep reminding our listeners every week, um, you were
2: fired from yes music. Rub it in. Why, why don't I get you? So much joy out of that. <laughs> Actually, you fired. Because I've got good taste in music. I think you fired yourself, mate.
1: If I remember.
2: No, right. I had a call from the heavies. They said who chose the music.
1: Oh, did you acknowledge? Of course, with pride.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I like to go international. With the music. Yep. I found this song, this little girl. She's just a little girl. Her name is Veronica Joshua, and she's singing one of my favorite songs, Carry Your Candle. It's a song about how when Jesus comes into your heart and the Holy Spirit, you're born again. Oh man, that's a beautiful experience to be born again. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and you have this born again relationship with Jesus, you have an influence. And in this song, it's called A Candle. And she's saying, Carry Your Candle. Carry your influence for Jesus And you'll be very, very powerful I think you're going to like this song From this beautiful little girl in India I reckon she'd be eight years old Oh, wow Yeah, Veronica Joshua
2: Plus, this little girl, she's just... So you're saying she might be, we're talking about this, she might be 10. I watched a video clip on yeah. YouTube just to, to learn a bit about her this morning, Yeah, and she's no more than 10. Yeah, I thought she was about 8. But wow. But
1: she's got a beautiful voice. So
2: talented. Yeah, mm. yeah,
1: yeah. And she yeah. goes to a great big, uh, not an Adventist church, but it's a great big Christian church in India, the biggest one. Oh, wow. How big is yeah. that, I wonder? Oh, it's a big cathedral. Yep. It's a big cathedral. Uh, news, you've been watching the news this week? You a watch the news every week. I keep telling our listeners, you're the only person I know that watches the Today Show every morning. time shift Oh, you don't watch it in the morning live? Never live. I thought you did. No.
2: Oh, if I'm editing or something, might be on in the background. So if when do you watch it? If I'm watching it, it's on the fast-forward button. So when do you watch it? Yeah, never. I feel like it. What, at night when you get home or...? Uh, if I'm editing, sometimes I've got to press the render button and lose five or ten minutes, so I'll quickly have a scan through.
1: Okay. This one, stamp duty to be axed. I don't know whether that's good news or bad.
2: I think it's a miserable thing either way.
1: Yeah, it's like being caught in a pincer, you don't win. Because if you pay your stamp duty up front, and mm. it's thousands. thousands. I mean, it is thousands and thousands. It's it's one of the most, I've got to be careful, but it's one of the most absurd, obscene taxes I know. Disgusting. Where you can go and buy a house and then end up paying... 20, 30, 40, 50, depending how much the house costs, stamp mm. duty. Well, the state government is saying for first home buyers only at the moment, they're going to get rid of stamp duty and they're going to charge you 0.03%. What worries me about that is that annually, that what worries me about that is that tax never ends. Never That's ends. The first thing. And the second thing that worries, there's a few things that worry me about it, is not only is it not end, they can put it up. And the yes. third thing that worries me about is I think it'll go to everybody eventually. When it goes to everybody, they'll probably stamp out the idea of us guys
2: already paid our stamp duty, and we'll end up paying this land tax too. So, It's worse, it's worse than that. <clears throat> in the last 12 to 18 months in Sydney, property prices have gone about, have gone up up to 50%. Hmm. So if you're on a fixed income or pension or whatever, you've retired, and you're stuck on one of these stamp duty land tax arrangements... Where you're paying annually... Where you're paying, yeah, you it works could out get, to be you could $130 his... a week on a million dollar McMansion. Wow. is that? Did you work that out? I absolutely did, based on approximate. That's actually pretty bad. It's very bad. So in your pocket, in your pay packet, every two weeks, they'll take over so, $100 a So you dollars could out. be
1: in Sydney, you could have a million dollar home, which is no big deal. In fact, that's a cheap... It's a butter box. That, that's a cheap... So close to your navy you can touch their 1950s house. 1950s brick veneer thing, almost. Yeah. And you're So you could have bought that back in 1950 when you were a young man and just married mm-hmm. with your wife. Mm-hmm. You've retired now. You don't yep. have a whole lot because no you're income. a working-class yep. man, yep. and you're paying $130 in stamp duty. Now, that's only, of course... $3,000 a year, approximately, that's in only, today's money. That's only, of course, in the
2: end if it comes to all of us. At the moment, they're only offering it to first-home buyers. But if land goes up again, like it did last year, and all of a sudden you're paying another 50% more, well, it's only going – only first-home buyers can access this at the moment. But
1: that property's encumbered with that tax for life. Did you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only first-home buyers. Mm. But it will it, – there's no doubt they're testing the water. Okay. And I think they'd like to take us all into that because you're dead right. It's, they're going to get more money out of this than what they're getting currently under this absurd tax that they've got at the moment where you're paying so much money. Up front. Ridiculous. You can probably tell listeners neither of us support this tax. No. <laughs> I wonder whether we should admit that on radio. Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what about this one, Lithuania to spark World War Three? Did you hear what's happening there? I did. There's a,
2: And I'm surprised. Well, there's an. On- what are you surprised about? Well, because Russia's got a clear shipping channel without having to use the train. It could put things on a boat and go from their port in Russia down to Lithuania... It's driving Lithuania through to their well, it's going, territory
1: it's going through Lithuania to an enclave and mm. an enclave it's surrounded by other countries so oh, it's on it's on the Baltic Sea yeah but it's still surrounded by other countries it doesn't have a land border with russia no that's correct and and but it is a part of russia but it has a seaport it does have a seaport mm. but lithuania what lithuania has said is anything that is banned by nato western countries in other words you yep. know how they've put yep. all these sanctions on um, president putin and russia we will not allow to come through our country by rail. Now, the Russian government has had a fairly uh, hostile robust reaction? hostile mm. reaction to that. Mm. And they're, they're, they're in some sense, they're threatening war. There is a problem with that. Do you know what the problem is if no. they attack do, Lithuania? Do tell me. You don't know what the problem is? Well, does, it's it, does, it, bring,
2: does it bring NATO in? That's it. Right. Lithuania is a frontline NATO state. Did you know that because of Russia's upset with the rest of Europe, they're turning off the gas supply to Germany and Germany's now burning coal in their power plants to keep electricity Well, going.
1: there's no doubt that when these wars happen, that's what happens. Countries, so so countries, Russia's upset countries, countries, that people... Countries stop trading with each other in right, wars. Right, and And in these wars, I mean, it's easy for us in the West to sit back and say, well, Putin's at fault and I probably have that sense, but it is a war. and they also going to point the finger. They're, 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 they're never... They're never as cut and dried and
2: black and white Mm. as we might like. Mm. Mm. Um, I was just going to say that, that Russia will now be feeling what it's like to have embargoes on their goods and services.
1: Well, what I heard is Russia sold more oil in the first hundred days of this war than they have in their history, and they've been selling it to China and India. Interesting. Neither China or India are abiding by any embargoes and that's a good percentage of the world. (laughs) So it's kind of making the NATO Western alliance. It's, it's certainly limiting what they can do. Uh, but the idea of NATO coming into a war with a nuclear armed Russia is disturbing. Very. And I keep, I was talking to my dad about this on the way over today. By the way, you know I was late today, hunting to the studio. I'm often late, but <laughs> you know I was late today. There was actually a crash. Oh. And it was a bad one. I thought Hunty's going to be ringing me up on the phone, but I got through. I got through. <laughs> um, yeah, I was talking to my dad on the way over, waiting in line for this, you know, get through this crash. And I said, he's a pastor, uh, and he's a student of the Word. And I said, do you think of the Bible? And I said, do you think the Bible says anything about nuclear holocaust? We weren't sure. But then I said, you know what? We've already had nuclear holocaust. We have. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Well, I was thinking back to um, Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, yeah, that's a different story. True, true. <laughs> We're talking about man-made ones here. You, yes. Now you're going off track, son. Okay. You started well today, <laughs> but now you're headed off track. Okay, so, so you know, uh, we often talk about this Russian conflict with Ukraine. Ukraine now losing 200 soldiers a day. I heard the other day that, Russia's lost up to 50,000 frontline terrorists. So terrible. I mean, there's a lot of death and a lot of pain, and I think Putin has a lot to answer for. To be and honest. they're saying this
2: war could go for two more years. Yeah, no, I hope not. I pray not.
1: And, and that's what I was about to say. There's not a lot we can do about it, but as Christians, if you're a Christian and you believe what you can do is you can pray. Yes. And you can pray for peace, and it's a very, very powerful and appropriate prayer to pray. And that's I was thinking on the way across, and I was thinking about nuclear holocaust, you know, what that would do to the world. I'm thinking we have to keep believing. We have to keep believing that Jesus is still in charge. Yes. that is This is his earth. Yep. And that he is in control. Yep. And I think we're entering those days where you've just got to trust him. Mm. What about this one? This one really kind of shook me a bit too. The Republican Party. This is a mainstream party in the United States of America. There are two. the Republicans <laughs> and the Democrats. I couldn't believe this. Yeah. They have just, on their party platform in Texas, put forward an agenda item to secede from the United States of
2: America yes. because they're not happy with the way the Democrats are ruling. Now, do they have oil? Yeah, they do. So will the rest of America vote yes to that? Well, apparently,
1: constitutionally, as I read through this article, it's impossible for Texas to leave. They'd have to fight. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't imagine them doing that. But it just goes to show how fractured the United States has become yep. politically. Yep. When you've got a mainstream... I mean, you and I have both lived in America. Yep. These are beautiful people, Americans. I love them. Um, to me, I found them to be some of the most social, welcoming, mm, hospitable beautiful, people beautiful on the people. planet. They yep. really are beautiful people. Yep. But that country, we've lived there. We know how important the United States of America is to them. You play the national anthem, they all stop, stand up and put their hands over their hearts. Yep. Almost to a T. Uh, you've got to respect the flag over there. You respect the United
2: States of America, but that they could become so fractured. Yep. Well, we've, we've got a similar problem in this country but at the moment. They We've got a Prime Minister, a President, who... We don't have a President. Yeah, Prime Minister, who less than three out of ten people voted for. Now, in America, they've got a leader. Careful, because I know that, no, he got more
1: votes than the opposition by three million. Yeah, but he still didn't even half the country, did he? He he got three million more votes. But did he get half the country? He got over... Yeah, he did. It was just about half. No, 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 no. no he more. got over fifty percent voted for him. But that means otherwise f- you can't get in because the American election yep. is a runoff between two men or sure. women.
2: But doesn't that mean though there's a lot of people in the country that didn't yeah, vote but, for him? That,
1: but a democracy needs to be able to 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 take that. that that's what democracies are. True. I mean True. even in Australia, um, you talk about only three out of ten voted for the current Prime Minister, it's true. But the reality is when you break it down and you look at the way we did vote and we look at the way we sent our preferences, the majority of the people in Australia this time around wanted the old Prime Minister out and this new guy okay. in. So democracy does work. Yep. And when your team loses, and I don't know about you, but my team <laughs> loses all the time, <laughs> you've got to be able to say, well, thank the Lord that we live in a democracy yes. where we have a free vote. True. If I don't like someone, what do I do? I vote them out. I'm going yep. to have a cough here, mate.
2: Yep, no, you can have a cough. No, you make a good point. You run out of things to say, hunty? I want to try to move the program on. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> and and there's some good news too.
1: I always promise to bring a good news story. Yep. Um, Ebola has been defeated. That's amazing. Gene mm. Jarks, Mayumbe, the Congolese doctor who first discovered the virus 40 years ago, says the fight is now over. Mm. thanks to vaccines and effective treatments. He said, for 40 years, I've been a witness and a player in the fight against this terrifying and deadly disease, and I can say today, it is defeated. It is preventable, and it is curable. And I can just say, praise God, because that is an awful, awful virus, Mm. and there is a cure. So you know what, Hunty? Yes. When we see the financial difficulties that taxes like this stamp duty bring to people, and it really does. We're, We're overtaxed. Yep. When you see the threat of nuclear war, and we we almost say this weekly, uh, when you see great nations like the United States of America and their unity as a nation fracturing, you know what it says to me? Mm. The signs that Jesus is coming soon are very strong. We need to look up to the east because I do believe, and it's why we do this show, I do believe that soon we will see Jesus come.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, hunty. Yes. Another song.
1: Time for a song. This, I agree. this guy's name's Don Moan and the song Shout to the Lord I reckon I first heard this song back in the nineties. It's would a that ripper. Right? Oh, I reckon it's an oldie and a goody. We love to sing this song at New Hope, actually. Yeah, we do. We actually we like a few oldies at New Hope, don't we? We do Yeah We like some of the new ones too But this is one we do sing at New Hope And it's a beautiful rendition by a guy called Don Juan
0: Sing it Rachel.
3: My Jesus My Saviour you might
2: I love that song.
1: Yeah, I do. I enjoy singing it in church too. Mm. And we sing it well at New Hope. We do, with some spirit. By the way, if you want to go to New Hope Adventist Church, we're in Northwest City. Yeah, we'd love to see you.
2: We're behind the alley in Quakers Hill, which is uh, 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. We're in the Anglican Church, the Anglican Life Centre. Yeah, we rent that out every Ten o'clock Saturdays. Ten o'clock. We have a good time too. Yeah, we? we'd love to see. If you're in yeah. North West Sydney, come. Meet but Pastor Lloyd and come and join us. We're actually
1: supposed to have the Aussie Pastor homecoming this weekend, but, but COVID, COVID. threw us. And That's it. has been postponed. It has. So we will, we will do it again soon, though, eh? We will. Yeah, we will. Harold Harker, are you there?
4: I'm there, Lloyd. Yes, I am.
1: Good to see you. Oh, well, I, I can well see, we can see you. Well, I can see <laughs> you, but no one else can. <laughs> They can hear you though. You're teasing your listeners. Yeah. <laughs> how are you going? I'll be back with you. Yeah. Good. How are you going? Oh, excellent. I hope you guys have got over the bug. Uh, no, not quite.
2: <laughs> couple a couple of slowed down wambles. It'll, it'll happen in time. <laughs> um, um,
1: this guy we're going to talk about today, Humphrey Monmouth. Monmouth. Did I say that last? How do you, How do you say his name?
4: Humphrey Monmouth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting guy, and he's different. Um, an Englishman. Do we know where or when he was born?
4: Well, we don't know where or when, but he lived in the early part of the 16th century. That's the 1500s. He's not usually known by many people at all.
1: And yet this guy is very important to the Protestant Reformation in England. In fact, we're about to find out um, how important, but before we go there, what did did Humphrey Monmouth do for a living?
4: Well, he wasn't a theologian, but he became a very wealthy merchant, and so he traded in cloth and had tr- ships going all over the Balt- Baltic and across to Europe and back, and he made his money that way.
1: So when you say he traded in cloth, is that clothes? Is, is this? That's the cloth that they made clothes out of, yes. Okay, so he, he started a business up and became a multi, well in our days, multi-millionaire. That's
4: what he would have been,
1: yes. Okay, uh, he had a connection to the Lollards. Who were they and how did Humphrey become a Protestant? Because he ends up becoming, not only is he multi-millionaire, he, he ends up becoming quite a, a, a very deeply convicted believer in Jesus Christ in a part of the Protestant Reformation. Who are the Lollards and how did he become a Protestant?
4: Well, you remember Wycliffe lived in the uh, 1300s and this is probably 150 years before Monmouth but he had a whole bunch of lay people who weren't trained but had a Bible and went right around England preaching, uh, preaching the gospel, preaching against the things they saw wrong with the church, and they really were the forerunners of the Reformation in England. Okay. And this guy, Munmouth, he had some connections with those and so he became a Protestant early in his life.
1: So they were called the Lollards, were they? Yes. Do we know why that name or not? I, I don't know. I'm just wondering. They were
4: just travelling preachers.
1: Travelling, and, and I guess through history, a lot of them would have died for their faith. Yes, they did.
4: In fact, a lot of them died. By 1513, there was a big um, battle, and they they lost out. Uh, the the government didn't like them anyway. Yeah, and that was great. But this guy had some connections with Protestantism through them.
1: Okay, um, did he ever hold public office, or was he always just a businessman?
4: Well, he was a businessman, but he was also an alderman. We'd call that a council person yep. in the City of London. And he also was a sheriff for uh, a couple
1: of years. And when you so say sheriff, is that a important. police officer sort of thing, or
5: it
4: was even more above the police? Okay, he had to uh, resolve things and arrest people, or if they were doing the wrong thing, he was quite an important
1: guy. So he has money, and with money, often comes importance. He was important, but he also had some close friends. One in particular, tell us about that.
4: He did. Well, I mentioned that uh, Wycliffe was the first morning star of the Reformation in England, the next big guy, Tyndale. Yeah. And this guy, Monmouth Humphrey, was a very, very close friend of William Tyndale.
1: So, the, so you've got Tyndale who was a Bible scholar, a Bible uh, writer. Well, he translated the Bible. Translated, he's a yeah. preacher. He's a teacher. But probably not an incredibly wealthy man. He comes in contact with this man, Humphrey Monmouth. Uh, How did Humphrey help Tyndale? Because it's almost when you look at their story, when I was looking at this, when you sent me the notes, it's almost like God brought these two together, Harold.
4: Absolutely. You see, Tyndale had virtually had no money, but he had this burning desire to translate the Bible into English and to get it right across England, and he needed money to do that. He needed a place to translate, and Monmouth said, you come and stay with me. I'll feed you, I'll care for you, I'll supply your needs. He not only gave him a place to stay, but he gave him money to to work on this, and so he virtually is the is the one who is just as much as Tyndale, the person responsible for the English Bible.
1: Incredible. It is incredible to me how God put those two men together. Now, didn't stop there. Um, who did Humphrey introduce Tyndall to? Because this is just as important.
4: Well, Tinder, uh Humphrey, was a part of the merchants, but he also, there was a secret society of Christian merchants in London. They called them the Christian Brethren. And this group imported Christian uh, Protestant Reformation material and spread it right through England they would bring it over in their boats, and a lot of these things later the Bibles of Tyndall actually came in Monmouth's boats
1: mixed up with his cloth. It must have been a wonderful thing for Tyndall to be to, to meet these people and, and be put into their little circle of influence by God you know it must have been uh, you know you want, I suppose he would wonder how he was going to do this work he had no money. you know what I've learned? God always supplies the means. He goes. And not everyone's a preacher and a teacher. Sometimes there's businessmen and they're still there today. And they know mm-hmm. how to make money and they're good at business, but they use their money to advance the gospel and it's most, most, it's most powerful. Um, wouldn't you get anything
4: better than Monmouth actually paying for the printing of these
1: Bibles? Well, that's what I was about to ask. What did he finance? And you've just given me the answer. He financed really the. The translation and the printing and the bringing of the Bibles to to England. That's right. To, to, just off 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 the the questions I sent. Um, did the Bible coming to England through Tyndall and Monmouth make a big difference to the nation? Well,
4: absolutely. Their enemies were were buying them and burning them, but that money let them print more, <laughs> and so the more they seized, the more were printed and brought in by these. Merchants the and, Christian and these brethren.
1: merchants, not just Monmouth, they were bringing these Bibles in as contraband, hidden in the boats, in the baggage and the the boats' um, produce. They were hiding it and bring it in. Is that is that how they're doing it? Not just to London, but to all the ports around Britain. Wow! So they were just inundating the Bible right through the country. Correct. Really, That's... really exciting times, isn't it? You know to. To be part of a smuggling ring that's bringing the Bible into your nation it's it's unbelievable really
4: well, these two must have been just like uh, they were great buddies, but they shared one had money, one translated the Bible, and God uses the work of the two mm. to finance and to
1: per- uh, to make his plans go forward it'll be a fast, solid, strong relationship when they get to heaven. And they think back on the good times of how they brought the gospel to England. And and in a sense, Monmouth impacts you and me as believers today because we're part of the English-speaking Western world. He's the one, together with Tyndall and and Wycliffe and others, who brought the Bible to us. So we owe these men a debt debt of gratitude, correct? Correct. Um, He was arrested in 1528. What happened?
4: well he was there by then he was uh, he was thought to be involved they suspected him he's bringing bibles in that was against the law and so they arrest humphrey monmouth and they put him on a boat and they go down the thames river and there you can see the great tower of london yeah. and they said in there that's where you go and he was arrested and imprisoned who interrogated him well, Thomas More, Sir Thomas More, at this time, he was the Lord High Chancellor yeah. of England. He was the like the top guy under Cardinal Wolsey, and uh, he actually interrogated him. He would have wanted to kill him.
1: He was a part of the Church of Rome. Yeah. Very strong, but, very strong adherent to Rome, actually.
4: Yeah, he was. But when you think of this, Cardinal Wolsey, he said, okay, let him go for a commercial good sense. In other words, as a businessman, he can help this country, so we'll let him go free so he can make more money for England.
1: He's making more money. It would be more damage to to knock him off. He's making so much money. (laughs) Um, so, So he was freed. He died, but he left a will in 1537. Tell us about that.
4: Well, not you know, when you have a will, it says what you're going to do with your money. Well, he said, I want thirty sermons that would preach the gospel in his all hellos uh, his local parish church in Barking. I'm paying to have these thirty sermons preached to all the people so they can hear the gospel about Jesus Christ as well.
1: Do you think he had a large, I know your answer to this and maybe a silly question, but do you think he had a large impact on on the Gospel on the Protestant Reformation coming to England, this man we've all never heard of? Sure,
4: because he's, he had the Bibles. The Bibles would have done it, Tyndale's Bible, and uh, you know when he died, Tyndale said, well, open the King of England's eyes, yeah, yeah. and his Bible actually is the major part of the King James Bible.
1: Which, which, not long after Tyndall died, was right. introduced right. to England as the official Bob. Can you tell me this as we close this interview? Um, what can we learn from this man, Humphrey, for us living in the 21st century?
4: Well, if we're in the 21st century now, what can you do with money? Some people want to build a better house or have a boat or do this or that, but... This guy brings Bibles in to change England and to help the gospel of Jesus go into the hearts and minds of so many. I believe if anyone has wealth, whether they're a merchant or not, they can share their faith by doing something like Humphrey Monmouth.
1: Yeah, yeah, they can, and it can be very powerful. Actually, you know what I found interesting about this story? Two friends, Humphrey Monmouth and Tyndall. One was burned at the stake. The other died in bed. But both did the work of God. Amen. They were partners in his cause. And as I said before, when they meet each other in the heavenly kingdom at the resurrection, that will be one great reunion.
4: And God needs Humphrey Monmouth today.
1: He does. He does. He needs men and women who know how to do business to advance his cause by using the gifts they have, which with business is money. That's right. There's there's nothing wrong with you. In fact, it's a great privilege to be able to use your money to advance the cause of Jesus. Thank you, Harold. You're welcome. Fantastic story. Look forward to more in the near future. Thanks, mate.
0: See ya. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song, Hunty.
2: Before you get to the next song, can I put a plug in for Ask the Aussie you Pastor? Can, mate. You can, You Cool. So we've still got space for some more questions, uh, listeners. If you'd like to send in your questions, your questions to us, we would love to have them. And you can do one of two ways: you can text them or email them. And you can text them on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can email us on info at aussiepastor.com. dot com. Okay. All right. Now, how many, how many questions have you got? Um, let me quick have a look. Let me see. Uh, At five Okay So we're looking forward to some more We are We are How many more do you think you can take? A couple more Be nice Okay We're running out of time today
1: (laughs) Ah we're never running You know Hunty will tell you We're running out of time every week We always are we're never
2: running out of time. Listeners, if you could send my run sheet, you would see all the lines I put through all the segments we delete. <laughs> we don't worry about Hunty's run sheet too much. We don't. It's, and it's by we, we mean you. <laughs> it's, a, it's only a rough,
1: rough guide. This next song by Ray Bolts. Yep. It's it's a song about thanking God for the blessings he's done.
2: It's one of my favourite songs
1: also, of all time. But it's, it, it, it's a song about... How People Will Thank You. And, and I chose this song to follow the story of Humphrey Monmouth simply because Humphrey gave money to the cause. Not all of us can give money, but we can give our gifts and our skills. And this song is about when we get to heaven mm. and how people will come up to us and say, thank you, thank you for yeah. what you did to introduce me to Jesus. It's a beautiful
2: song. It is. Sung by a very talented singer, Ray Boltz. And this is the uh, live version.
6: Aren't you, glad, aren't you glad somebody told you about Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those people that don't get any applause and uh, don't get any thanks, yet they're out there preaching your word and teaching Sunday school and serving you, and they're the ones that are changing this world. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. I dreamed I went to heaven And you were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea heard these angels
5: singing
6: And someone called your name He you turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend, you may not know me now And he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school And I was only eight Every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start One day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart Cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm in heaven. By one they came far as your eyes could see each life somehow touched by your generosity little things that you had done sacrifices you made they were unnoticed on up in heaven, you're not supposed to cry, but I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes, as Jesus took your hand, and you stood before the Lord, he said, my child, look around
2: Welcome back listeners, what a glorious song that is Well, if you haven't guessed by now, it's time for Ask the Aussie Pastor You know, I was doing some Google searching the other day To see exactly what people are searching on Google And here's what I discovered And this ties in with the very first question we've got for our Pastor Lloyd People are searching World War Three. It's a very popular search. In fact, it's one of the most popular searches people are doing on Google at the moment. So, Pastor Lloyd, question one. Does the Bible suggest a nuclear war before Jesus comes? No, not really. Oh, I've never seen any evidence of it. But
1: what it does say in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, which are the two big chapters about what it will be like in the world just before Jesus comes, it says there will be wars and rumors of wars. Mm. And so, it doesn't specifically say nuclear war. Realities were already, as we said today, mm, had nuclear. We've had war it. Yeah. Nagasaki. Nagasaki in Hiroshima. Hiroshima. I yeah. went to Nagasaki. I went into the museum. I saw the the story, and it was an awful story. And mm. we want to pray, and we want to hope mm. that nuclear war never comes to our planet. A quarter
2: are, of a million people died in Nagasaki. Yes.
1: I'm stunned that wicked leaders like Putin can threaten nuclear war on the world it's, mm. it's a madness yeah uh, i mean I, I it's it's beyond reason and you've just got to hope and pray that god will protect the war from that the world from that scourge mm. but, but mm. who knows it, it's possible it's possible that there could be nuclear strikes in different places around the world before the lord comes but i pray and hope not but one thing i can tell you for sure that the bible says before jesus comes and jesus says it himself he says there's going to be wars and rumours of war. It's gonna, it's gonna hot up. It's gonna be intense, and you're going to see more than you've ever seen before. Mm, mm. And and never have I lived in my lifetime. Never have I lived in a time where there's so many wars and
2: rumours of wars about. Okay, question two, and this is um this is from the same listener that sent us a question last week on Michael. And Actually, I think it's
1: from a different one, mate. Really? Yes,
2: it's not the same one. Okay, well, here's the question. A follow-up on last week's Michael question. If Michael is Jesus, as you claim, then who's Gabriel? He's an archangel too. How can one be Christ and the other not? Uh, it's a good question. It is a good Do question. Do you know the answer? No. Both are archangels.
1: So you got you got mentioned in the Bible of two archangels, Gabriel yep. and Michael. They're the only two. There are no others that I know of. You'll hear uh, around the rumour mills of different churches and religions and organisations and movements, the names of a whole heap of archangels. Can you remind us what archangel means? Archangel just means messenger. I'm going to get into that in a second. Yeah, okay. But uh, there are only two. There's Michael and there's Gabriel. And it's a good question. Well, if you claim, Lloyd, that Michael is Jesus, well, who's Gabriel? Why wouldn't you say he's Jesus too? Well, it's a simple thing. Do you remember what the word Michael meant, what the name Michael meant, it meant, who is like God? And it actually means, is God. That's what it actually means. Michael is God. That's what the name uh, right, means. Yes. So you've got a messenger yep. who is God. That's Michael. That's the name. That's what it un- unveils itself. Uh, again, I'm going to say it, Michael. Uh, well, no, let me say it. A messenger who is Michael, who is like God, or who is God. Does that make sense? Yep. So that's Jesus. Okay. Then you've got Gabriel. Gabriel's an interesting name. He too is an archangel. But you know what his name means? Whose strength is from God. So you've got Gabriel, and his name means messenger, whose strength it's is from, from God, God. Yep. and you've got Michael, who is God. Who is God, right. So they're two different beings. In fact, Gabriel, when you do a good and a deep study of the Bible, and we're going to go into this, we promised we will and we will, Gabriel um, replaced Lucifer when Lucifer fell. Okay. So Lucifer was the archangel of heaven. Right. And when he fell, Gabriel took his place. Um, that's an interesting story, that one. So, so one is a
2: messenger, an angel. The other is Jesus himself. Got it. Okay, listener, I hope that, um, hope that answers your question. Yep. Question three. Do you believe we should keep the health laws in the Old Testament? That's the no eating of pigs, shellfish, prawns, etc. Um, yeah, why not? Well, I have a personal policy. Don't eat anything that eats poop.
1: Yeah, well, fair enough. You, <laughs> you left me. I got to say poop on, on radio. <laughs> yeah, I'm shaking my head here. Um, look, the, the interesting thing to me is the Old Testament gives these prohibitions against certain meat that you eat. Um, pork. That, that includes bacon. Um, yep, any all kinds of pig. pig. Yep, uh, it gets into you know, don't eat horses and donkeys, and don't eat um, shellfish and prawns, and don't eat any fish that don't have scales and fins. Um, don't eat any animals that don't have cloven hooves. Yes, and, and and chew the cud. The interesting thing is that science today backs up what the Bible says, and all these meats that the Bible bans are actually incredibly destructive to your health and are a major cause of cancer in the world today. And so here's God giving these health laws to his to his to, to his people in the desert, the Israelites, and he's saying, Don't eat this stuff. He never really told them why not to eat it. He said, just don't eat it. And today we know why not to eat it. It's yeah, yeah, really, yeah.
2: really, really
1: bad for you.
2: What what does the Bible say about chicken? Are, are they they? That's a clean food. Is a clean food. There's so much hormones and <laughs> chicken today. You
1: might you might grow uh, chicken feathers if you eat that stuff. Look, I I um I'm pretty much a, a vegetarian. Yep. Not really. a You're vegan. a vegan, aren't you? No, No, no. no, no I'd like to be. Oh. I have visions of being a vegan <laughs> for no other reason than health. But even when you're a vegan. And I'm not one, but if you were a vegan, you'd need to be careful that you ate a balanced diet. Right. And I think what God wants us, the reason God in the Bible gives us these prohibitions against certain foods is simply because he made us, he created us, and he's saying, hey, look, uh eat this stuff, don't eat this stuff. It's it's like when you buy a new car, it tells you what... Today, it'll tell you what oil to put in. It even tells you what water to put in your radiator. It does. I mean, you warned me the other day. That's it. I'm saying, should I put pink or
2: green? I said, does it really matter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It matters. Big time.
1: Well, it matters what you put into your body if you want to live long and healthy mm. and free of disease then you need to take a good look and it's worth looking at these uh, laws in the Old Testament Deuteronomy Leviticus Deuteronomy that talk about food because they're based now we know what God said back then is based in science mm.
2: Excellent Alright moving on Question four Do you think Hollywood and media in general has too much influence in our world today? Well that's one of the easiest questions I've ever been asked <laughs> Same Of course <laughs> yes.
1: I, yes I mean I mean <laughs> You and I talk about this, Hunter, as we, we drive around. We do. Um, there's Netflix and Stan and Disney uh, yep.
2: Prime. Yep, I'm doing all Paramount.
1: right. Paramount. Paramount. Never um, heard of that one. Yeah, is that it, in that's, Australia?
2: Yeah, big one in Australia yeah. Big one. I took over from I think ten. I think ten play. Oh, mm. does it have movies and stuff? Yeah, like all that? the Paramount Catalogs. Okay, mm.
1: I don't have a single one. In fact, my my son had Disney, and it ran out the other day. Binge. I went to go watch something on Disney, and it said oh. you are uh, you if you want this oh. if you want this subscription so i don 't have Disney anymore All right. but I do watch um, youtube youtube. I came across I was talking to you the other day, Hunty Yellowstone yep. A series on on what 's supposed to be a rancher in Yellowstone National Park. Now this is on YouTube. Suddenly has shorts, and I'm, I'm into, I'm into ranches and Yellowstone. I've been to Yellowstone. If you've been to Yellowstone, yeah, I, have. I have, and I've been around Yellowstone. It's particularly beautiful. Mm. You know, Yellowstone's actually on a very high plateau. Yep, and it's surrounded by some of the richest grazing farming land in America. And I went to Yellowstone in the middle of winter, and it was a magical wonderland. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching the <laughs> the, the clips trailer. Yep. On, no, the clips of some aspects of this program on Yellowstone called Yellowstone it's Kevin Costner and some mm. pretty famous actor mm. man Kevin Costner in Yellowstone is a mob is a mob mafia boss this is not the story of a rancher this is a story of of a man that's killing relatively innocent people or people for very small misdemeanours left, right and centre and it's full of violence mm. and, 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 criminal, it's bankrupt. and criminal activity. And I thought, man, mm. y- you see these programs that our young people watch and then we wonder why they go out and murder each other.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: It's because they get it pounded into their brain from Hollywood and it's just not the violence, it's a
2: gross immorality. I think you were telling me the other day that the famous gunfights we see on Westerns mm. where they stand at the end of the street and face each other. I think you were saying that's only, yeah. that's only a, a television movie myth uh, Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's a figment of Hollywood's imagination It never used to go down like that in the West That's not to say they didn't have gunfights But yep. they didn't stand opposite each other And, and shoot at each other as a farce. <laughs> Just as well, if we, you and me ever got into one of them You'd go down, mate Would I? Oh yeah, because
2: I'd be, <laughs> I'd be a lot faster <laughs> One, two, that's where I'd shoot, not three <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how we get into this I,
1: don't know I mean, it's a simple well, that's a, such a simple question. If you're a parent, what, be careful what your kids are watching on television yes. or, or what they're watching on Stan or, or Netflix or one of these other um, online producers. Be careful. If you want your children to have good minds and grow up healthy – be careful, yes. take an interest in yes, what they watch, interest. what they play and what they're doing mm, very online. important. It really, really, really matters. I think one of the most unfortunate things mm. is we as parents allow the online world to bring our kids up these days. We almost use it as a child-minding service. Yeah, we it do. It keeps the kids quiet. It keeps them out of our way. Yep. We can do our work or whatever we want to do without the – but what's happening is Hollywood's poisoning their minds big
2: time. That's some great advice, Pastor. That, All right. that to me sounds like you want to move on. Uh, no, I thought that was really good advice. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I do want to move on as well. <laughs> okay. Question five. Revelation 13, the Bible talks about a sea beast and a land beast to get together in an unholy alliance against God. Who are they and how does this work?
1: That's the second time we've got that question and not... I don't recall it. Yeah, I do. Um. I'm going to answer that in this series of Bible studies that we're doing right now. And we're into the Bible right now, Hunty. Yep. And we're headed into there. Uh, needless to say, that is one of the most exciting chapters in all the Bible. Right. Where you see these two great behemoths, world behomoths that are in the world right now, stand up in an alliance and go head to head against God. It's a good story. It's coming here on Faith FM. Mm-hmm. On the Aussie Pastor Drive Show, in the not too distant future. Yeah, well, I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, so keep listening. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to run away from answering that, but that is a question that deserves to be answered in the context of a Bible study, not just
0: a one word. Does that make sense?
2: It does. Okay. Is
0: that it? That's it. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: This song, Standing on the
2: Promises from Gospel Hymn Sing, you know why I put this in, Hunty? I can guess. Okay. I can what, guess. What, 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 but doing, I'll let you tell you, me. You don't like it? I do. It's a great song.
1: It kind of gives you a sense and a feel of the sort of music we often sing at New Hope. It does. And that you'll find in a lot of Adventist churches around Australia. Not this sort of music exclusively, but it's, it's pretty much... How we sing Well how we sing At New Hope, It anyway. is And yep. it's a good song It's a great it's, song It's a vibrant song It's a hymn And it's being led uh, um, By a man Who is in front Of a congregation A
2: huge Congregation Maybe what A thousand Oh a, a more Really I reckon Oh okay I, I, Wait till you can hear them Listeners This church is packed And pumping So this song Standing on the promises It's a beauty It is Here we go <laughs>
7: that'll leave us all kind of hanging out hey go to go to page 329 329 standing on the promises of god and we'll do this one at a little bit yeah i can clip like that
0: Yes, sir.
1: Ripper. Yeah, it's an old song, but it's a good song. Um, the guy who leads it, he's a guy named Gerald Wolfe. And if you want to listen to, look, I know some of our um, listeners into that sort of music, some, some maybe not. I, I'm I'm into the old hymns. Yeah, I me too. I actually always have been. I don't know whether it's the way I was brought up or not, but if you want to listen to that, just go onto YouTube and... You know Put in hymn sing And it'll lead you to some Really really beautiful music And what he does He goes around with a band And and even an orchestra To these churches in America I'd love to go to one And everybody comes in And they just spend an hour and a half Singing some of these grand old hymns They have a great time Now mostly Let's acknowledge The fact that most of those Who are in the audience Are over 80 (laughs) I don't know what that says
2: But I'll do it You'll be nicely at home With that crowd
1: Hey Paul Galtz
7: Hey,
1: how are you going? Yeah, you are there. It's been a long time since I've said good day to you and seen you face to face. And I'm looking at you. I'm talking to you, but you have not changed a bit. <laughs> you still look the same. I'm man. having trouble
7: with my sound, boy. Ah. Right,
2: I can fix that. I can fix that. Okay, let me call you on the phone. All right, hang your um, hang your Zoom up, and I'll call you on the phone. Okay, we often do this. We do. It's it. what we do as a backup. Okay, now we're right. Oh. I'm, I'm all right. Oh, okay. right, yeah, all right. All right, let, all right me, let, me, let me cancel the call. <laughs> okay, so, are, we, are we right to go, hunting? Okay.
1: Well, yeah, we're right to go. All right. Yeah, yeah. Just for our listeners, introduce you. This is Paul Galtz. Uh I think it'd be fair to say, Paul, I can't remember a time when you weren't in my life, mate. <laughs> I think you've
7: yeah, always been, been a while, there. hasn't it? My goodness, all those camps and... And growing up, man, it, it, it's just been a, a way thing.
1: Eh? Yeah, we grew up Queensland yeah. boys. Paul, uh, where do you come from, mate?
7: Uh, I came from uh, the Lockyer Valley around Gatton. There, you know, on on a farm initially, and then up so, so Okay, uh, so, yeah, so were, were you
1: born down in that Lockyer? Oh, now, here's something I didn't know. So, you were born down in that Lockyer Valley way, and then you moved back yeah, up yeah, to Woomera. That-
7: Right up in the in the the, the Lockyer Valley uh, near Mount Sylvia, a li- really small place on a on a farm. Uh, my parents were on a uh, a beef and cattle, small crops farm
1: up there. Yeah, and then you so moved that up. Was, uh, did you grow Did you grow up down there, or did you move, Did you grow up in Toowoomba?
7: Oh, uh, so uh, when we were about ten, Mum and Dad moved because of, of work up up to Toowoomba, and so that's where where I went. You know, I I, I don't think I'd ever like. The only time I ever wore shoes was to church and then rarely. So I, I uh like so when I went to the big city of Toowoomba, I uh I, I had to had to wear shoes. It was it was a bit rugged.
1: <laughs> a good Queensland boy, I <laughs> Love it. <laughs> We're all like that up there. Uh, I mean I never even used to wear school I don't know about you. I, I, I initially was brought up in a place called Dolby, which is a little bit further west than Toowoomba. We didn't used to wear shoes to school, did you? No, nah, no, nah,
7: that's right. No, nah, nah, nothing for for school. Even even when I went to a Toowoomba, I hardly wore them to school. So it was pretty pretty interesting. I think that's where we first met, actually, at
1: Dolby. Yeah, yeah. It was a long, it was a long, long time ago. Now, tell us, were you brought up a Christian?
7: Uh yeah. Well,
1: my parents
7: had always been been Christian. Um, yeah, like so from a young age, I, I always had. The, the great Bible stories. Um, mum used to read a couple of Bible stories at night, every every night. So, yeah, yeah I, I guess you could say I was brought up Christian.
1: Your yeah. dad and mum still alive? Um, mum is. Mum's
7: 91 now. She's wow. down Oldsville, and my dad passed away um, 2010. So, yeah, like, um, we, I come from a big family. There was six of us. So um, I, I like to think that I... I was the last of the six, so by that time they'd actually got it right.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've got a few stories <laughs> that I might I could bring out that might question whether they, they got that right or not. Um, you went to school in Toowoomba and then you did a trade. You actually did an interesting trade, I remember. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I,
7: I'd intended to go to, to uni to, and do, do year 11 and 12, but come the end of year 10, Dad goes, hey, you know uh, this, uh, uh James Glass will, will, uh, and a big shout out to James's, uh, they were just lovely. It was run by, uh, a Jewish guy, Joe Saragrossi. Yep. And, um, they took us on and I did a trade in, in glazing. So, um, cutting glass, uh, and processing glass, fitting shop fronts and, um, shower screens and stuff like that, and, and it was really good. I, I got to learn how to work systematically, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I probably am not naturally inclined that way, so yeah. I, I really loved the fact. I did that for like um, five, six years. Six years, twenty-one. Yeah,
1: actually, when you ended up going to university, did you? Didn't you used to work in the holidays, still doing that stuff? Or yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. So, so the guys up there said, uh, you know, Paulie, will we'll. You through, and we'll make sure you get through uni. So, if even if there was like two weeks, they'd shove us on. And it was interesting. Like, uh, one year, like, and they knew I was doing. Uh, like, I studied um, theology, yeah. so it was uh, to be a, a minister because I, I wanted to equip myself to 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 share share Jesus with people because I I, I kind of felt that that was what I needed to do. Uh, and um, and and they said we'll help you get through. And you know. They did, and, and there was one time I remember I went back home and the boss goes, look, we just haven't got enough work, we can't put you on, and I, my, my cousin, he was picking onions at the time down in the Lockyer Valley, <laughs> and they put us in this patch of ticklers. So have you any idea how many inch round um, onions it takes to fill a whole big oh, uh, metre pallet? Long time. like a it is a lot. So for 30 bucks, I spent two days doing that. And I, and I ran into my boss um, uh, at the end of it, and he goes, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I just spent two days picking one pallet of, of onions. And he goes, oh, look, you come in and we'll, we'll work it. You know what? Work just flowed out. And at the end of that eight-week break, he said, I didn't know what happened, but when we put you on, Work seemed to flow, and, and we're just glad that we were able to help out. And oh.
1: I, I think it was a god thing. Of course. I, I, I never knew yeah, that yeah. story. Um, yeah. But I do kind of remember when we were at college, because you've got to remember, Paul and I knew each other, Hunty, yep. from yep. school days onwards, um, ah. all the way through. In fact, I was telling Hunty, we went together all the way through till the end of college, and then we went opposite directions <laughs> and hardly seen each other since. Because you... Well, well, well,
7: well, Lloyd, Lloyd is um, in my, my wedding party. Yes, so. I was.
1: I've still got a photo of it, bro. Um, I might put it up on Facebook. Hey, at about this time, you met, and I, I remember this, you met very early on Sonia. Tell us about that.
7: Yeah, um, so Sonia, um, well, well, I, I, I'd been going out for a couple of years before, before I went down to college. And Sonya, uh, uh, you know, I was, she was younger, and like um, I, I think she started nursing up in Brisbane as I as I went down to college. So it was kind of a workout. Is this going to work out for us? Like. Like, and, mate,
1: us guys um, watching on. I had no doubt it was going to work out with you, mate. You oh, were <laughs> she was stuck to you, and you were stuck to her, mate. There was no yeah, separate yeah, well, you two.
7: I, it, it certainly kept me focused during college, uh, and yeah, you know, we got married in my uh, in 1989 at the the start of my last year. Yep. On the first of January, so I can't remember. I can't forget that, that our wedding day and. You know, my grades came up heaps after that. Because it was yeah. a bit, um, I was a bit social while I was at college, <laughs> if you remember rightly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some would argue too social. Behind a lot of, yeah. uh, behind a lot of the, the chaffing and the tricks and stuff that used to go on was Paul Galtz. Hey, um, the reason I think your grades went up is because Sonia actually, is a very intelligent young woman Well, she was young back then she actually you I saw a picture of you two guys on facebook the other day neither of yous changed that much um <laughs> she she's gone on to become a nurse and gone and got a doctorate no yeah, yeah no she
7: so she so she's got a a master in in um international and community development yep. she did that while we were so while we were, Transferred in between Australia and UK and back, and then um, now she has a master in health, um, health research. So, but it's a master of health. So, she she studied in uh, like the decision making process that uh, that goes into bariatric surgery, so weight loss surgery. So, and she's a fellow with the Lifestyle Medicine uh, Association in Australia. So. Um, yeah, I, I think she's a smart cookie, and, and oh, a, she is. You know,
1: we, she is we've smart. We've got two kids. Oh, you, although she married. Yeah, yeah okay. No, she's <laughs> <laughs> you, a, a her, You've <laughs> got two kids. How old? Yeah, two kids,
7: two kids, and two grandkids, so, and a, and one grand and one step daughter, uh, like a
1: yeah, like daughter-in-law. Yeah yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. So you got a boy and a girl.
7: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dan's twenty eight and Carly's twenty two. So Dan, um, Dan's here at Flagstone in Queensland, and um, he's been studying teaching. So, and Carly's a speech therapist over in uh, a speechie over in, in Perth. So wow, that's been a long way away. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Hey, yeah. tell yeah, us, yeah. you went and become a pastor. So you're a glazier. You go and become a pastor. That's a that or, or you went and studied to become a pastor. What? what yeah. What what made you do that?
7: Oh, well, you know, I like, I, was, I, I, I like to feel that I was good at what I did. I'm good with my hands.
1: You and, actually were a very good glazier. yeah? Yeah.
7: Yeah. My, yeah, I know and, that. But you know what? I, I felt that I needed to equip myself to share Jesus with, with the people around me because I, and I like, and I think, um, you know, some of the stories my mum told me when I was really young and obviously, I had to make decisions for myself as I got older. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I was young, I used to get up on the on the uh, on the table and preach like Paul. Yeah. And so when I got to, I, it wasn't that easy though, Lloyd. Like uh, I, I you know I thought, oh yeah, well, I'll just go and I'll equip myself for ministry, and then I couldn't actually get in. If you remember, like I you do remember that story.
1: In fact, um, yeah. I remember that day when you couldn't get in, and you were. I can't yeah, well, remember it, how, how. did you it, get in? Your end? dad was it? What happened? Yeah, yeah.
7: So, so Keith, um, your, your dad had a, a talk, and I got in on probation for yeah. the first six months. Yeah, and and then um and you know I that that I was because you that. were
1: a tradesman, and hadn't gone to Year Twelve, eh?
7: Oh yeah, I hadn't gone to year twelve, hadn't picked up uh you know, like I didn't read the papers. so when I sat the mature age entrance I had no clue. You know? <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. They uh, the, the funny part is they taught me all I needed to know in that first six months with yeah. all the English and, and, and everything and, and all the, the things and I, I had been I had good grades followed yeah, the school, did. so it wasn't as if I, I couldn't You do actually it. did all right it's at just,
1: Avondale too, as I remember, at college. You were doing all right. Yeah. You didn't fail yeah, anything.
7: It got enough to go on and do my masters
1: after, so it was kinda yeah. kinda of, kind of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when we were at college and they had no opening and closing Sabbath? You remember that? And yeah, you and, yeah, and you yeah, and me yeah, talked yeah, so, and we decided we'd we'd start one. Do you remember that? And and everybody
5: yeah,
1: yeah. And, said and they, That was so much fun. Everybody said it wouldn't work. You remember we would stand at the door of the cafeteria after people had finished. Now, now Sabbath, we're Seventh-day Adventists, and Sabbath goes from Friday night sunset to Saturday night sunset. And one of the things I think Paul and me were brought up with was this idea that you'd bring the Sabbath in with a worship. And they weren't doing that when we were at this university, college, and so we decided to do it and and we'd stand at the door welcoming people and you remember we used to keep it pretty short didn't we and we'd be running yeah, around yeah, cuz yeah. i well, i don't know how organized we were back then we'd be running around looking for someone to play the piano so we had a song <laughs> service and but we'd have 150 200 kids sometimes turn up to that yeah
7: yeah it was, it was so much fun and you know i, I feel that entering into like where where you kind of go you know i uh, um we live in such a really busy society. Even yeah. there, it was so busy. Oh, it was. So all of a sudden, where it comes to that that principle of of rest, that was such an important thing for us as university yeah. students. And I know a lot of families when they look at their their digital media stuff at the moment and and the busyness of life, they could do well to think about a Sabbath rest. I, yeah. I, I feel, and that's what we were trying to. Remind yeah. people of and uh, enter it in in worship. You know that worship, we were. Uh, connection with other people, and and just those principles of
1: worship. are, are Just great. We, we were a disorganized rabble, but here we are, a couple of young fellas, <laughs> it <was> mate. <laughs> uh, and then there were other things we did when we were at college. We could talk all night day about this, Hunty. <laughs> Remember when we used to go in and do the soup kitchen in Newcastle uh, with all the homeless yep. in there? Yeah, yeah. The,
7: the barbie, yeah. uh,
1: barbie up on the
7: uh, on the, the Beachfront. That's bed. Right. That was pretty fun. Yeah, we we, we, had, a we had a lot conference. of
1: good. We had a lot of good times there, and and um, the interesting thing is, although you, although you struggled to get in, you pass. You actually passed better than I did, and you did pretty good at college. <laughs> um, where did you yeah. where, tell us about? Just tell us briefly about a few places you've been in ministry, because you, I think of all my mates who've gone into ministry, you perhaps have had the most varied. Life of us all, because you've done a whole lot of stuff. Just tell us a few places you went and what you did. Uh, so, so basically, from
7: uh, from college, we we got called down to uh, to serve in Mildura, yep. so little, uh, well, a big outback Christian community. Um, I was working in the youth department, looking after a couple of churches down there, and we really had a great time. We started yeah. this thing, um, the three states. Dust Derby, which was a off-road club and stuff like that, and but the youth group down there just um was, was just a, a great group. They loved hanging together, and we we really grew together as a, as a as a group. There were some really tragic things happened on um that that you know that that weren't real easy as a group to deal with.
1: You lost some, and you um, lost one or two it, youth in. In road accident,
7: yeah, a, a, a young guy and, a, and a, a tragically killed on a a, a youth trip a yeah. road accident, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know that that was quite difficult. And as a young person, so I was only like twenty five, yeah, trying yeah. to figure out for myself what was going on, how God fit it into this picture, yeah. but, but knowing that I had a large community of young guys that I was I was leading through that grief, and I, I had extra people, I had ambos. And yeah. stuff like that that were around that helped yeah. me. But it's it, um that that actually for me was a really defining time in ministry. Yeah. It actually, um, you know, it, 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 it even more so. I, I I clung to some of those psalms. You know, though the though the the the, the oceans roar, you know, mm. <laughs> God's got I think in His hand. And, this was this um, young
1: fellow was a good mate of yours, I suppose.
7: Yeah, he was. You know, like a well, well, really, we were just, we'd only been there like six months and, yeah. or five months and just forming up the for you, crew. So it was just really getting snow and they just stepped out and, and a guy went to sleep and uh, coming the other way in a car and, um, it hit him on a bike. So, you know, I would say anybody that's a sleepy driver, you just watch your P's and Q's on the road. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Uh, um, out of that car crash, um, there were like, uh, three people that had um, that, that passed away because of that mother, two sisters in wow. that car. So, you know, like it was, um, and, and, you know, if any of our listeners uh, have, have had anything like that and need to talk, just make sure you reach out because that, yeah. that's a fairly tragic sort of thing to happen and I, I don't wish that on anybody, yeah. you know, I don't make light of it either. But for me, it was a defining time, Yeah, yeah. you know. So from, from Mildura, we went to a little church down in, in Ararat, then in, into the youth department over in WA after, like, just seven months, and we were there for... And we, we, I was looking up, like, a scouting, like, a Pathfinders, which is a mm. para-scouting-type yeah. organisation, mm. and and youth and, and uni students, so that was pretty fun, and then, then we ended up in Tassie as a youth director down there. That didn't work out so well. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I went home uh, licking my... My wounds, and did miss the Mum for a year, and had a, did a bit of trade, and then after that we were called back into Sydney, um, into the Hills District, Castle yep. Hill. Yeah, that's and, our um, that's that was, our area, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a, that was a real blessing. We, you yeah. lived on the on the driveway there, at the Castle Hill Country Club, and it was, um, you know, probably not a given our our like, um, you know, our accents. And, oh, yeah. and um, you know, we're not exactly delicate um, Sydney-siders, and, uh, you know... It does not good, mate. It does, it good, mate. It does
1: these high. people in Sydney good to have us Queenslanders <laughs> down here <laughs> holding the flag especially when we're, oh, we're winning like we are at the moment. It's, it's a
2: great thing to work with Hunter. Like oh, these dear, times. these banana benders. Yeah, so, no worries,
5: <laughs> mate.
7: We, we just love that. Like I just love the church there in, in Kellyville and Castle. Yeah. We ran a lot of um, coast service yeah. to other really matter yeah. um, clubs, and, and with that, we would go out, um, one in, in the local area, work down in Cabramatta at a drug referral centre, um, down in, in Penrith area. And then up to South Kempsey. So we, we had a lot and worked with big teams like 20, 25, 28 yeah. people. Yeah. And, um, I, there are a lot of young guys that become, it went into service type, uh, areas because of that, that early service in the community. And I, I love doing that. Yeah. Um, from there came up to Queensland and, uh, on to the Gold Coast, uh, at coast and, um, I guess uh, I, I think things went too well, and and we we're a bit understaffed, and I kind of lost. Uh, I, I felt I was losing, losing my vision. Yeah. And I put in a, in a, a moment of weakness, I put in a a, a application for police, thinking that my you I actually driving, wanted um, you
1: wanted to be a police chaplain. Is is that did yeah, I get
7: yeah, that I did, right so or could, not? Because I was a uh, they weren't accepting too many Adventist guys in that yeah. that role at yeah. the time, and. So I went in as a, I got accepted. Hey, as I,
1: a, I can imagine you a cop. I have no problem. <laughs> Highway patrol. Yeah, no worries. I don't want to see you. If I if, if I don't want to see you on the road as a cop, thank you, mate. <laughs> so you had a, no, break, you you had a break with you, the police you force, did you, for a while? Pardon? Did you go into the I police? Was
7: like um, nine and a half years, I was in police in Surface Paradise. So I dealt with um, with schoolies with um you know I, my my if there was a thing that I majored in it was um in uh crowd control we you know you could have an extra 25 30,000 people in yeah. in clubs in town and not even know that they were there. Would you consider that a lot of,
1: time of your life to have been ministry when you were in the police force?
7: Yeah 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 so, so a lot of, when, when I was leaving I, I um I, I, like going back over to England yep. um after when I was called back into ministry I the, so the the guys at the station said well how does it how did it end up that you was a, a pastor because when I was in there I used to get called padre, yeah. um, father pastor whatever it was you were the resident
1: pastor for the police precinct yeah. down there yeah, yeah yeah
7: and and like I, I think the thing is as a as a pastor I help people set their boundaries according to Christian principles you know that you love, love God and love your fellow human yeah, beings. Yeah. That means you you spend time with God. Yeah. You are on the light. You don't kill yourself or somebody else. You you don't steal other people's garbage. You know you you uh, don't tell lies. You don't yeah. cover what other people. You respect your parents. All those things are just a part of what you're actually policing as a police officer because mm. our laws in Australia are based on common law which is based on the Ten Commandments.
1: That's right. Do you do you think today, you know, you reflect back on your life and your, your time in youth work and the local church and now in the police force, yes. do you think there's room for Christians, born-again Christians in the police force today? Do, do, how do you well, see well, that? Well, I think,
7: I think of all the people, we need strong Christians yeah. as police and law enforcement in, in whatever areas because, you know, If you don't know why you're enforcing something, it's very hard to maintain ethics. It's very hard to maintain, um, grace in the, in the middle of it that actually looks for the best outcome of an arrest or, or the best outcome of, in an interaction in the domestic violence situation or the best outcome for a young guy who his future is, he just had a brain freeze. It's not his course of action. It, it's just something that's happened. You know, so I, I feel that there we need strong Christians.
8: As so you wouldn't yeah, so you would
1: you, you wouldn't discourage a young person who loves the Lord Jesus. You'd encourage them but to hold their faith when they're doing the job. Is that what you're saying?
8: Oh,
7: well, so, so for me, the thing that helped me, I, I feel, it's a very caustic environment. Yeah. Like both the people that you're working with, but, you know, you're faced with life and death. On, on a daily basis and you're dealing with people that, you know, hurting people seek to hurt. Yeah. And you're de- dealing with hurting people that are really, you know, that they actually need, um, they, they'll hurt you and, and you're the, the buffer. So really, the thing that helped me was I had uh, a group of three Christians that I met up with every week for yeah. an hour. Yep. Yeah. We asked a question, you know, how have you celebrated life? What, uh, you know, what are your struggles? How are your relationships? What you're learning? How can I pray for you? Those ones we are, we, and that's the questions we went through every week for ourselves.
1: And, so so and you, had, you had support in the police force.
7: Well, I had accountability with, yeah. with Christian with with other people. And I feel we all need people that ask hard questions of us. When when whether, whether you're
1: in the police force or not, you think it's good for us yeah, to yeah. have but, a little but, group.
7: But specifically, yeah, law enforcement and people that are in responsible positions. Yeah. You know, yeah. that uh, that is just so critical because, um, you know, the unreflected life can get in up to all sorts of mischief. Mm-hmm. It's true. People that ha- ask, you know, those hard questions of you yeah. I, and and I have the same as the pastor now. Yeah. I actually need those people that ask me the hard questions of the pastor. Hmm.
1: Is it was there a lot of difference between policing and ministry, or are there similarities? Is it you know? Is it... uh, a
7: lot of similarities. Uh, like uh, I I I think um you know the camaraderie. Uh, like I still have some really great mates yeah. that are great coppers that yep. that love their community, that love the people, that are you know. I have a lot that have post-traumatic stress that were in my team. You know, they just couldn't face and, and, you know, mold it up. But there are, like, I think, you know, people profession. It's a, it's a past, you know, you, in the questions that, that, yeah, you gave us, there was a, it said police force. Well, actually, and I know it's a fine
5: line.
7: (laughs) They're wearing a uniform. They got, they, but it's actually a police service.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah.
7: You know, we're, we're, they're there to serve. Um, obviously, sometimes serving looks like, um, putting in a boundary and saying, no, you can't do that. You can't Mm -hmm. hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. Imagine what it'd be like. And, and we all hate, hate coppers pulling us up. Like, let's face it, me, I get scared when somebody follows me with a a blue light. You know, like I, I, you know, like nobody likes being told that what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, but, Imagine, well, you know, it's all about freedom. Yeah. If, if we have no rule yeah, yeah, yeah. in life, there's no freedom. Oh, you giving,
1: you're giving me some comfort for that ticket I got in <laughs> Queensland the other day. I oh, know.
7: No, no, don't worry. I'm Mate, not <laughs> I was only
1: eight kilometres over the limit, and I'm I got Only done. eight. I <laughs> thought it was four to start off with, but it was... Yeah, uh, so, Hunty, uh, had, I, Hunty yeah. had no sympathy for me either. Nah, well, when I thought it was four,
2: I was feeling very bad for you. Nah, yeah. right, it was eight.
1: But it's coming nah, down a hill.
2: Ten percent is reasonable. It's
1: coming down a hill.
2: And you're doing 68 and 60s out, so you broke the ten percent.
1: Yeah, suck it up. <laughs> it wasn't a cop, though. It was
2: one of those guys who
1: hide on the side of oh, the road no! in a... The, yeah, in, yeah. In, oh, in, well, there, there,
7: there's no grace in that camera. Let me tell you.
1: No, there's not. I um, I actually in my own church have a couple of police officers. I've got two sons, so a son and a son-in-law that are cops. You have. yeah. It's it's the thing I I've found with the people I know who have been in the force is it can be quite, like you said, traumatic. They go through stuff that one of the girls yeah. was telling me who goes to church how. A guy hit a kangaroo on on the m two or the m seven I think it was huh? mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it 's not easy having to go and to an accident nah. after that, and so well, you, you kind of get why they are a little bit sensitive when they see people doing stupid things like you used to do on the road, Paul Galtz. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, I don't know how I
1: ever kept my license. Yeah. No, honest. there's a lot what? of us don't know how you kept your license.
7: Either. Did you acknowledge that when you went into <laughs> well, the police don't force? do what do you do, Steve?
2: <laughs> <laughs> my, my son in his first couple of months of being in the police force had to deal with seven very unsavory dead bodies, and he was a brand new rookie out yeah. of academy, and that really yeah. sobered him up real quick. And I think I think our police force—they do have to keep a lot to themselves. They do take a lot of stress home with them, yeah. and I think—and yeah. we—and I praise them for looking after our communities, but I do know it's a hard job. It is. But you
7: know, I, I I um I know, like uh, just after I, I joined the, the police, uh, um, probably about. That two weeks, we, just the end, I had a field training officer in and I just dropped a, a, um, a, like a, a suicide victim up at the, the morgue and I was just pulling out of the hospital and a call came over that, uh, a male attacking female with a, a knife. Wow. And I went to pick up and, and respond to the job, to take the job. Yep. Cause I'm, you know, like, and, and my field training officer goes, no, 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 we got four hours and the coroner will be on to us tomorrow you, yeah you, you can't actually take that job yeah. let the guys at the station they're probably sleeping
5: yeah. get out of it and, <laughs> and, and do it yeah,
7: yeah. well anyway um, we got back to the station and just after that obviously we waited my mate who'd come through the academy at the same time as me uh, responded he and his partner responded and responded to the job went to the job got back to the station and There'd been a shooting, Ooh. and um, like for me, you know, it, the the guy had attacked uh, the senior officer and had been shot. Well, yeah, you know, for me, who had almost responded that yeah. I know my capacity with a weapon, yeah. as well as you know. I I, I kind of it, it really knocked me around because I thought there go I but for the grace of God and poor. you know like my, actually knowing no you
1: Paul Galtz so I think your capacity with a weapon would be pretty good
7: yeah it was but but, the, um,
1: <laughs> but I probably
7: knowing myself I, I never grew weapon I never yeah. sprayed I got sprayed a lot uh, I never used my baton except to get cuffed out I probably yes. would have tackled the guy and got stabbed myself yeah. that, that, that was just me I, you know wiry and i have and I've, dude, seen, I've, know, like, I've,
1: I've seen you in action paul galtz yeah yeah
7: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, can, yeah. I can yeah, remember yeah. i won't i
1: won't go too far on this story but i can remember one camp meeting outside a outside our teen uh <laughs> shed where you and i uh had some troubles with some people um for our listeners paul was never he he is wiry and he's strong <laughs> you were always pretty strong uh, I remember when we used to wrestle and muck around. You you uh, could look after yourself. Hey, we're running out of time, right out of time. I You, you went to England for a little bit. Yep. Then you've come back yep. to Australia. We're going to have to get you back on and get the rest of this. Um, maybe I'm, I find it so interesting because he's a good friend, you know, Hunter. Of I, course. I could talk to you for a couple of hours here. Yeah, but, me too. Um, we're, we're just, just so we can roll this up so people know where you are. I want two two quick questions and then I'll finish. Where are you now? Yep. Uh, so I'm up in uh, in Springwood,
7: uh, in Brisbane here. Are you at Springwood Church? Yeah, Springwood uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church. On, fess, up, fess up, Paul. Fess up. Where do you, like you live? Yeah. You, you, are, uh, uh, you are at <laughs> I'm, my... I'm actually on the Gold Coast at Burley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are actually... So are you the senior pastor there or, or what? You're the oh, pastor? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm the senior
7: pastor.
1: You are the pastor of my home church.
7: I, I do realise that because we used to come down and visit from the mountain yeah, yeah, down yeah. there and it was our favourite church and it's still my favourite church. Okay, so you I haven't I, been I, a, I love the vision and mission of, of You the haven't been to
1: New Hope yet, mate, but we'll we'll bring you down and We will. Hey, um it is my home church, although I'm pretty sure they don't know it's my home church. I think it's 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 been so long since I've been there. Hey, um so you're the senior pastor of Springwood Church, which is a church of how many? It's pretty big. Well, uh, for an Adventist ad- well, church, normally it's on big. a
7: weekend there's about about around five 500, uh, fifty there. So how many in, yeah, on there, staff? Uh, over a month, there's eight hundred come through. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So so how many um, on staff twice, though? Do month. you have? Do you have other pastors helping you, or is it just you?
7: Yeah, there's um there there are three of us and a, a volunteer. So yeah, so um well, yeah, kind of. Two and a half and a volunteer. So.
1: is it good to be back home in Queensland?
7: Yeah, lovely. I, I am I mind you, I did love the outdoor stuff. I was I was in a big school and doing all the outdoor stuff in yeah,
5: Victoria.
7: Yeah. And I just love the high country down around lawn. I love yeah. I love that. But you know what? Being able to
1: Go for a, a dip in the surf every morning oh, yeah. in the middle of winter. is pretty cool. Oh, I better put in – I better talk to the <laughs> president up there and ask for a sympathy
2: call. Isn't your dad a not Listen, he need yeah, you up there, mate, yeah, he looking does, after him? does. It's time to go <laughs> home. Um,
1: you've been in the ministry, I reckon, because I took off to America for a year and you graduated a year before me, so thirty. this is your 33rd year. Yeah,
7: that's
1: right, yeah. And when I say ministry, that's that – That goes right across your police work and ministry.
7: Well, I probably did far more hardcore ministry in police than I I do.
1: Yeah, wow. I've got that feeling and, and it was very interesting actually to hear about how the police, how you're able to minister in the police force. But what would you say to a young man or woman today after 33 years of serving God, who's listening to this program, what would you say to them if they're considering going down a similar road that you are into ministry? That, that's that's my well, final question.
7: What, what, what a journey. Uh, what what, what uh, uh, I, I feel, um, you know, I've always said yes. I, I haven't always um, survived when I got there. Yeah. But you know, the, when I look back at the general tenure, I, I just have loved serving God. And I know, that God has a purpose for you as a young person, or at any age, God can use you. And so if you step out and you say, you know what, God, use me, that's the, that's the prayer. Yeah, yeah. Don't be specific, but push the doors and, and see. And I know, I you know, for me, uh, for Sonia, my wife and I, it's been just a blessing, you know, for us. um, Yeah. You know, and I know God has used that. Us.
1: Yeah, I know and He has too.
7: for, for me, that, that's um, that, that's pretty. Uh, I I feel great about that. But regardless of that, I would still serve. And I, I know I, I want to encourage you to step out because it takes a bit of courage. Now, it's not always easy to serve God. Mm. So step out and and trust Him. But that that prayer, God, please use me,
1: yeah. is
7: a very simple prayer but a powerful prayer.
1: Well, he's used you. I got no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, next time I'm in Brisbane, I think now I know you're, I actually didn't know you're at Springwood. Uh, I think (laughs) I better go back to my home. Hey, um, if there's anybody listening to this in Brisbane, which there is, and you're looking for a good church, I can say this now. Head to Springwood for, <laughs> for sure. Seventh Day Adventist Church. You're going to get a good sermon yeah. by a good-hearted yep. man who loves the Lord yep. Jesus Christ. And if you come to his church, he'll love you too. Are you preaching this Sabbath?
7: Yeah, I am. I, what, I'm, in the, in? I'm in the on the church side. Yep. The so, uh, Caitlin's in Caitlin Cross is in the uh, Life Development Center. Yep. But uh, I'm preaching on on Matthew 24 and 25. Oh at, wow! Uh,
1: Matthew 24 on the signs of times. Matthew 25 how to be ready for Jesus to come.
7: Hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. turn up. What time? Uh, so uh, you nine. Um, so nine thirty. If you want some small groups, we have a great children's ministry that starts at, at that nine thirty stage. So if you've got kids, it's a, it's the place to be as well. But there are study groups, and then at eleven o'clock are the main services. So if you um if you can't make it, and you would still love to tune in. Just uh, rock on to springwood.church and you'll be able to pick up our live
1: stream. So this Saturday, 11 o'clock, Springwood Church, Google it. You'll get the address, Paul Galtz, yep. and you're going to be blessed. Hey, thanks for having you on. We'll have you again soon. Thanks, mate. Uh, thanks, Lloyd.
7: And it's really good to catch up. And yeah, buddy, see, see, you. Uh, see ya. See ya. Okay,
0: God
1: bless.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: I blew there my go, time, there we go. I blew my time, and <laughs> we well of time. But I enjoyed that talking to Paul Galtz. Yeah, me too. Uh, he is a real. He is actually one of my best mates. He's a good bloke, and, hey. and he's had a, an incredible life. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and we haven't heard the half of it, actually. Um, this song, Hunty. Yeah. Um, and you've got, I can't see what it's
2: called. Oh, okay. This so song to, by the triplets is four days late. It's the, a Lazarus song. Now,
1: now, the reason I, I put this in, um, and because we're kind of running late now, yeah. it's a
2: story about resurrection.
1: And you know what, Hunty? Ministry is all about, and I know this from 32 years, one year less than Hunty. More uh, than hunting, one year less than to Ministry is about people yep. being resurrected. This is the story of Lazarus' resurrection. It is, and Lazarus, just as Lazarus was resurrected, so when we're in bad times, God can resurrect us. I hope you enjoy it. These
2: three girls are some of the most amazing. Yep, singers. and they're only young too. They are. I All right. you'll enjoy it. Be blessed. The news came to
3: Jesus. Lazarus is sick, and without your help, he will not last. Sister Mary and Martha watch their brother down. They wait When he's four days late, he's still on time
1: You know what, hunty? Yeah. That's what Jesus is all about. For sure. When you're in trouble yep. and things aren't working out for you, yep. and you think that he's not coming for you, he always does. And when you look back on it, he's always on time. Yeah. Love Jesus. If you're in trouble today and you're battling, just get on your knees. If you can, if you can't, doesn't matter. Mm. Cry out to Jesus. He'll come. He'll come. He'll come, hunty. For sure. And he will save you. How yep. do we know?
2: Save does. That's right. We're, Comes to we're, us all the time.
1: We're eyewitnesses yep. of the power of Jesus Christ. Really enjoyed the program today, honey. Yeah, it's a good program, mate. Yep. Good program. Um, especially enjoyed talking to Paul Galtz. Yes. And I am going to go back to my home church. Have you got a home church? Yeah. What's your home church? It's New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> It can't be, it's too young. Fine, Wirunga. <laughs> we loved having you on board today. God bless you. Indeed. Look forward to seeing you next week. I'm going to close with a prayer. Nice. Lord, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for the story that Harold Harker um, shared with us of uh, Brother Monmouth. And uh, thank you for the witness and the life story of Paul Galtz. Bless him in his ministry, but bless also, Lord, our Listeners. Yes, Lord. And grace them with your presence. And if they're struggling, I pray, Lord, that they'll sense you, that they'll be convicted to call you. And then when you come, they'll know it. That mm. is my prayer today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. My name is Lloyd Grolleman My name uh, is, my name is Lloyd and My Grollerman. name's Hunty. <laughs> not even there. Let's start that again. No. My name is Lloyd Grolloman.
2: And my name's Hunty.
1: Andrew Hunt. That's it. And we're the Aussie Pastor team. Yep. And we love you. We love you so
2: much, but Jesus loves you so So much much more. More. See you next time. Bye. -bye.
0: Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.